Now, Noah, how does it feel having been off social media all day? Is it like freeing? Like I feel like I've say? lost 15 pounds. That's right. That's what a lot of people say. But in the way that like drug addicts do when they don't eat and they sweat all the time. Oh, so you're with you're having withdrawal. Yeah, I want to go on Twitter. I know. Let's tell people what's going on here. Um, let's just we'll skip the preamble because I know that you want you got things you want to do. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the 227th episode of What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week, we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. Noah, why aren't you on Twitter today? Because I got to sleep in. Uh, the Oscar nominations came out this morning. Yes. Uh, and due to uh, having a job that didn't allow for it for once... I couldn't watch them yeah. at 7.30 when they started, I, so I had to avoid them all day. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't have to. We chose to, we mostly for the sake of this novelty, if I uh, to for me reveal, to avoid them all day. Yeah, it's almost it's been 10 hours since they were announced. Uh, I got to work early, watched them on my phone, and, um, and been doing things with Oscars ever since... Uh, throughout the day, but Noah hasn't seen the nominations, and generally we give our reactions. But this is an actual treat, and I've always kind of wanted to do this: is um, get instant reactions, you know, because then you get a lot of like, oh, what or ooh or yeah. yay, whatever the you know case may be. But we don't have a video podcast, and everyone does those, so whatever. But this is actually a chance we get to do that uh, for you. So I'm gonna need. Okay. Some reactions. And I don't want you to just go like, like you know, very forced woohoo. If you feel excited just or disappointed or whatever, or shocked, mention it audibly for us. Okay. I, do we want me to blow through my top five real quick? Or is that going to come the Top later? five of, oh, like just nominations the, just that you thing. want? No, no, no. Just, uh, it's not. Oh, the it's box not, office? Yeah, it's not. No, we're going to do the box office. Oh, your top ten. No, your top five. No, we'll, we'll do, we'll do, do that the box later. stuff. All right. Yeah. yeah. Light me up. All right, here we go. The nominations for the 95th Academy Awards. By the way, I don't know what we're going to have to do. I got to get to the 100th ceremony. I don't know how the tickets lottery oh, like works. Oh, be present? Yeah. Okay. I got to be in that room. All right. Uh, the shorts. Nothing really crazy here. Um, uh, Les Pupilles, which uh, was produced by Alfonso Cuaron. Um, and, uh, he is now, he has been nominated in, uh, original screenplay, adapted screenplay, editing, best picture, director, cinematography, international feature, and live action short. Oh, that's very accomplished of him. I hope this movie doesn't suck shit. He, like what does? Oh, all like the all live action live shorts that have ever been made. What? Well, last year we didn't, I don't remember last year we didn't get anything interesting. I don't know. Anyway. He ties Kenneth Branagh for the most individual categories, which is like categories that, uh, like international feature, technically goes to the country. Yeah, um, with seven, so there are two people who have the most widespread, um, which I think is uh, very interesting and uh, cool. It really shows like a, a wide breadth of um, talent. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, no, you didn't like any of them in particular. I'm, I just read them from last year. All right. So yeah, the shorts, you don't know yet. 
Right. You know? So we'll just get the docs, whatever. We'll just get... There was a doc 38 at the garden, which was about uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Lynn. Yeah, Lynn. Jeremy Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jeremy Lynn. That sounded wrong, the first name. Um, That was not nominated. People thought it would be. Okay. But it's not. But... That's a bummer. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, best visual effects. And the nominees are... I don't like this page I have up. All Quiet on the Western Front. Twitter worked. Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun, Maverick. Okay. Seems good. up so you can see them. You'll see why I don't like how Entertainment Weekly did their thing. Oh, it's not. <laughs> how awful. Um, there it goes. It's, you know, they should just have the titles there. And if they want to do the people, put them after. But there you go. All Quiet, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Conor Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. I don't sure. think I have anything interesting on these, and I don't. So, moving on. None of those movies suck. That's nice. That's true. Uh, best Sound. Now, two sound categories for years now have been one category. Nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Elvis. There you are. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Whatever. Uh, interesting note. No Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I thought would get in here. Okay. Uh, um, A lot of technical stuff going on in that movie that makes well, sense. Well, it's actually sound. It's, yeah. You know. Best Original Score. All Quiet on the Western Front. Babylon. The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. Okay. You've been uh, you've been listening to a lot of these recently. What's uh, what missed? Uh No Women Talking yeah. and No Pinocchio. Alexandra Desplat. People thought he'd get in. He's a big okay. he's big with the Academy. Uh All Quiet Getting In is interesting. We did note the soundtrack when we were watching it, and everything ever all at once. Uh, uh, Sun Lux is the group that did this soundtrack, and I think that's a very cool nomination and a very uh, surprising place for that to get in, showing the film's strength. Yeah, that's exciting. I hope to see it more soon. Best original song, Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, music and lyrics by Diane Warren. Whatever. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, music and lyrics by Lady Gaga and Blood Pop. I don't like that name. Lift Me Up from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Music and lyrics by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, and Ludwig Gornson. Not To Not To from RRR. Music and lyrics by M.M. Caravani. And lyrics by Chandra Boss. And This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Music by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. Lyrics by Ryan lot that's a cool bunch of people there are your nominees for best original song uh it is the 14th nomination for diane warren her sixth year in a row yeah let let's take just a sec what the fuck is going on with the diane warren she is so beloved by the academy they yet they she's an honorary oscar yet they Uh never give her a win and i think that's because she's big within the music branch but outside of that, no one knows these movies or these songs. And also, they're not. I listened to this song today. Not very no, the good. songs aren't good. You're gonna hate this. They song. N- they never have been. She does. She keeps making songs for movies tell that don't like exist. A, tell like a woman you haven't heard of. I you know what? Why? 
Why? I, I'm begging someone to just get her to write the song for Top Gun 3 That's or whatever. That's honestly what I have been saying. And I've then been... we can just be fucking done with it. I'm so sick of Diane Warren. Why doesn't a studio just simply... Is this an anthology movie? Like simply, um, yeah, give, give get her on to write the music and lyrics for us. You can get, have someone else sing it. She doesn't sing the songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stories of women both in front of and behind the camera. I think it's an anthology or possibly a document. No, it's not. It's, a, it's an anthology thing. Uh, no, no one's ever heard of it. I'd never heard of it. I knew she had a song yeah, in the running. Yeah, this keeps happening. I know. It's... Why? What are they doing? Stop it. This is another big nom for everything ever all at once. I love This Is A Life. It's on my personal five. I think okay. it's great. I'm so happy for Mitski. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Mitski and David Byrne on the yeah, same song. Yeah, David Byrne. Uh, it's really, really good. No Taylor Swift here and no Pinocchio also. Okay. Going into the even- evening, people thought Pinocchio would get uh, animated, song, score, maybe production design, and maybe picture. But it's not hitting those small ones right now. Unfortunately, it's definitely getting animated. <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up. Best production design. All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, The Way of Water. Babylon. Elvis. And The Fablemans. Here's your production design. Okay. Nominees. All right. I'm mostly looking out for movies that are really annoying me. Okay. I, those all uh, Those all seem good. Babylon in particular is just like a, a technical marvel. What scene did keeps when you think of production design in that? What 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 comes to you? I is there what, like flashes in your head? Off the top of my head, it would be kind of the big desert lot uh, where they're filming exact, all the movies. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, sure. But I mean, also the party, the big party at the party, beginning. Yeah, sure, sure. It all it all goes with it. Um, yeah. All right. Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Babble, The Babylon, <laughs> The Batman, sorry, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. These guys are really not that creative this year. Here's your, here's your, here are your nominees. Uh, for makeup, nothing. I don't have anything too interesting to say. Uh, Blonde maybe could have gotten in here because okay. she looks a lot like her and stuff. Sure. Um, you know, in in a perfect world, everything of all at once gets in here uh, for all the different looks in the movie. Um, but yeah, this is this is pretty uh, uh, standard. I like the inclusion of. Um, I like all these nominees. I mean, Elvis is like whatever. Uh huh. But I mean, the whale works as for what it is. Black Panther's always good. Uh, the Batman's great. He looked nothing like Colin Farrell. And then I, I love the makeup in All Quiet. We've talked about that before. Yeah, the mud. Very muddy film. Best costume design. Nominees are Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda. Are you saying that because All Quiet? Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Oh, that's fun. Or Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. (laughs) I remember wanting to watch that movie because it looked kind of fun. Now we will. There's your uh, costume design nominees. I guess it is about a dress. That makes sense. Uh, It is about a dress. Yeah. No, uh, the woman king, which uh, people will get in here. Um, 
and might be indicative of things to come. But this is a, a fu- I mean, you know, it's funny that Elvis and everything ever all once got in because she's very famously the first time we see who the villain is. She's wearing an Elvis costume. Oh, yeah. Remember that? That is great. Uh, so that's fun. I hope they use the clips just back to back with the same outfit. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I like I always like the the Ruthie Carter Wakanda Forever stuff. It is it, you know you could say it's very similar to the first one, but is a lot. I mean, they uh, also had all the uh, the underwater people stuff. Yeah, and also just all the funeral garb. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, best cinematography. Our right. nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truth. <laughs> Did you know that it's not called False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths? I don't know anything about Bardo. It's five hours long. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Ugh, Christ. We have to find Empire of Light somewhere. I already looked on Fandango. Oh, it's no longer in the city. Maybe it, it comes back. Maybe it's it's not available for streaming. Or, like, rental. So maybe someone just has it somewhere. What a terrible category. (laughs) Might have to go back. You know, that's what people are saying. Might have to go back to uh, uh, 2012 us. Oh, yeah. I mean, things are available so quickly now. I'm certain we'll be able to find Empire of Light by March. Bardo getting in. Empire of Light. I mean, they just can't resist Deacons, even for a movie nobody cares about. Yeah. Tar is surprising, uh, although I do like that inclusion. The frontrunner's not here. The one that's won every precursor, uh, every critics group. Do you know what it is? Um, off the top of my head, I can't say that I do, but I'm guessing it's... Uh, ooh, no, I got nothing. Top Gun Maverick. Top Cameras Gun in Maverick. Jets. Eh, that's, that's, that's pretty disappointing. I agree. It would have been a great inclusion. Avatar is also not in here. Uh, Mandy Walker, who's nominated for Elvis, becomes the third... Uh, woman ever nominated in this category following Rachel Morrison for Mudbound a few years ago and Ari Wagner and Pow- for the power of the dog last year. Okay. But I just don't think that the cinematography and Elvis is anything to write home about. The only one I really like on here, I guess all quiet is fine, but that also didn't like thrill me. Yeah. And a tar is the only one that really stands out here. I mean, we haven't seen Bardo yet. We haven't seen Bardo. We haven't seen Empire of Light. I'm sure Deacon shot it beautifully. Sure, it's, it's going to be a fine-looking movie. You haven't seen Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handler Truce. Um, you know, Roger Deacon's also shot in time. <laughs> Never got nothing on me for that. <laughs> so, yeah, we can like we can skip some, guys. Uh, Are you impressed that I knew that off the top of my head, by the way? No, but because right. uh, uh, it, it is like an outlier for him. Sure. But I just... I feel like we've had so many good years of this category where we're just like, fuck, man. I just, we don't have it here. No, this is, this is dumb. I don't, I don't care for it. It wasn't supposed to get nominated, but like everything, everywhere all at once had great cinematography, even like women talking, which isn't flashy, looks great. I mean, I just, the Banshees of Inishirin? Yeah, that should have been up there for sure. Um, anyway. All right. Our next category. Yet to be nominated for anything? They didn't appreciate the sound of Banshees? Best well, what 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 would have gone into not makeup? Uh, no, I, I don't. Maybe I production pro- design, maybe costume. Got it for score. I said I said it for score. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. Banshees. Go on. Best film editing. The Banshees of Inisherin. Nice. Elvis. Everything, Bad. everywhere, all at once. Tar and Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Ooh. 
Cool pick for Top Gun. I here. This is going to be the time when I talk about Elvis. Okay. Because I, I am just going to keep going like, bleh, it shouldn't have been nominated because it's bad. And that's true. Uh, but the editing of Elvis, I think, is the worst part of it. I think Go the on. way Elvis is edited at such an impossible breakneck speed, yeah. the way that there's not a single second of breathing room in that film is what doesn't allow any of the rest of it to be any good. Yeah. Like, you know, Austin Butler might have been good in Elvis. I don't know. I, I, he, I, he was not presented to me in a way that I could judge whether he was really good or not. I, there could have been like interesting things done with the costumes or like maybe the choices of modern music or whatever. Like I, I really can't say because the editing in that movie is dog shit. It took uh, two people to edit it. Matt Villa, <laughs> I bet and it did. Redmond. I have you ever seen that clip uh, that goes around? I think it's from uh, NCIS, maybe one of the CSIs. I uh, where the little uh, the nerdy member of the team is like, "Oh no, we're being hacked!" And someone and she's like frantically typing on the keyboard as you mm. do. And someone's like, "Here, let me help!" And so she scoots <laughs> yeah, over yeah. and is like typing on the right half of the yeah. keyboard while the other guy's typing on the left. I think that's how they edited Elvis. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, film editing always used to sync up with the five best picture nominees. Everything ever, it's a great inclusion for everything everywhere. Great yeah. inclusion. Um, we're missing the Fablemans here. We're missing, I don't know, got pretty much everything else. I just, Elvis is the more showier. Uh, Top Gun Maverick here is very interesting, especially with it missing cinematography. Yeah. But yeah. I like to see it. There you go. Best documentary feature, All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. All right. I'm excited to watch three of those, I, and I don't know what the other two are off the top of my head. So, so good stuff. What's interesting about documentary, and I'll scroll up so you can see it. What's interesting about documentary is that there's always a bunch of big ones that don't get in. They're sure. Notoriously a bad group. Right. Here voting on this. Um, but a, all the big ones got, I mean, Moon Age Daydream did not get in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Joyland might, I don't know if Joyland is a documentary, but there are a few, but like all that breathes, all the beauty in the bloodshed, fire of love and Navalny from what I hear are all big docs that yeah. people were like, well, those are the ones that any one of those could be dropped and they put them all in there. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, beauty in the bloodshed, fire of love and Navalny are the three that I'm looking for. And then I hope the other two are good. They often are. Yeah. I hear all that breathes is great. Cool. Yeah. All right. Best international feature. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina, 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. Excited to watch EO. Yeah. Expand the movies I've seen about donkeys this year. Sure. There's your list. No Bardo. They were so close. As you can see. To not nominating Bardo. I, yeah, I, it's an incredibly strong year for international features, even okay. ones that are not um, eligible to be nominated. 
Yeah. You know, like RR and such. Uh, no St. Omer is not nominated, but I hear all those are great. What's missing? Um, it's a big one. It's a big one in international feature. I uh, hang on, just doing a quick. You'll get it. I, I probably won't. You know me. I. Uh, Petite Maman. No, I do not know. Had film Twitter up in arms about it missing. Yes. I have I seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He says he says, oh, yeah, to me when I ask, have I seen it? Uh, There is no nomination for decision to leave. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. (laughs) Why? I, I'm just, I, it wasn't on the tip of it's my tongue. So good. I, yeah, decision to leave was good. Anyway, that was a shoe in to get nominated. Yeah. And they I, did not include it, which is crazy. Crazy. But I hear all these <laughs> Maybe all these movies are better. Uh, decision to leave is better than All Quiet on the Western Front, as yes. far as I'm concerned. Uh, and so there's something that should have happened, at there least. There you go. Best animated feature. The nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Fine. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. The Sea Beast sounds like something I'll be into. It's a Netflix movie. Okay. So I don't know. Is it about uh, like a Scottish sea beast? I don't think it's another Wolfwalkers. No, but like that just seems like something that would describe What's interesting folklore. is I clicked on it briefly and it was like, uh, you'll like the cast. Uh, it, it it received positive reviews from critics and became the most successful animated film from Netflix. Which is okay. Crazy. There's a sequel in the works, uh, but it the stars the beast. voices of Carl Urban and Jared Harris. Tells the story of a sea monster hunter, sorry, and a young orphan girl who joins his group of sea monster hunters. On their search for the elusive red bluster. Okay. So there you go. Does Carl Urban play the young girl? It's almost two hours long. Uh, no. All right. I don't believe so. Holding out hope. I didn't look. But uh, there you go. Uh, I'm assuming we'll like Pinocchio. You haven't seen Turning Red yet. You'll like that. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Uh, but Seems like a strong category. I was going to say, Marcel the Shell and Puss in Boots. Quite good. Great. Here we go. The big... Eight, Ten? six. It's more than six. It's at least eight. Screenplay, actor, director, supporting, picture. lead, eight, nine, eight, whatever. Eight doesn't matter. Uh, let's do adapted first. Okay, because original is always more interesting. Okay, adapted screenplay. The also nominees, adapted's weak this year, as I recall. The, of course, yeah, it's always weak every year. Uh, then I'm no, you're good there. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. L I V I N. I oh no, that means I got it. Well, I'll show you the nominees when we get to original because original okay. first. They're just bumped, jumped together. All right, that seems like that seems like a fine list. I like I like several of those movies. Uh, All Quiet, Glass Onion, Living, Top Gun, and Women Talking. Yeah. So Top Gun gets in. Yeah. 
which is um, which is notable. Uh, Aaron Kruger is now an Oscar nominee. He famously wrote Scream 3, Reindeer Games, Transformers 2, 3, and 4, The Ghost in the Shell uh, reboot, remake, and Dumbo. I don't believe any of those projects made him famous. A notorious uh, Hollywood screenwriter of garbage. But he is credited on Top Gun Maverick. Who knows how much he did. Notable misses. No, she said, which okay. was on its last legs anyway. Sure. And no, the whale. Okay. Which All is right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so this is your adapted screenplay. Original screenplay. The nominees are the Banshees of Inishirin, Martin McDonough. Good. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Good. The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. You bet. Tar, Todd Field. Good. And Triangle of Sadness, Ruben Ausland. Oh! Here are your nominations for both categories, so you can see all of them. Okay. That's a strong list for original screenplay. I enjoyed all of those films. So, Triangle of Sadness gets in. You know, the, the, the four on top, Banshees, Everything All at Once, Fablemans, Tar, Locked. Yeah. It was that fifth slot. That no one really knew what could what was gonna fit there. Would it be After Sun? That would have been nice. Would it be another decision to leave? Nope. Apparently, um, they didn't see that. Instead, it's Triangle of Sadness, which is also uh, uh, it's just it's a, a good nomination. I like it. But yeah, I'm just saying. You know, you joke. They didn't see Decision to Leave. Yeah, you're probably just right. <laughs> I really hope that's not true. Must be. They didn't nominate it for it's a spoiler, it has no nomination. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Did not get in for director. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Best supporting actress. The nominees are Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Whatever. Hong Chow, The Whale. Cool. Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Inishirin. Great. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Sure. And Stephanie Hsu, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, they pulled it off, baby. That's great news. I there they are. I'm all I'm all for Jamie Lee Curtis getting nominated because Jamie Lee Curtis is cool and Halloween is important to us. Yeah. Uh, but Stephanie Hsu is just like much better in the movie, and it'd be crazy to nominate one without the other. So Chow I, got in. Hsu, uh, no Dolly De Leon. Yeah. No one from Women Talking. Yeah, and that's just like an affront to what we're doing here. Uh, and uh, uh, Chow and Shu are the first two Asian actresses ever nominated together for acting. Okay, that's interesting. Category. And Angela Bassett's the first uh, Marvel Studios performance ever nominated. I don't soon to win. I yeah. I don't. I don't really get what we're doing. With that, I, I wouldn't have not. You know, the only performance that I've ever given, I've given out two nominations. I think for uh, in in the main categories for uh, acting honors for a Marvel movie, and I think it. I think I did Tessa Thompson for Ragnarok, and I definitely did Michael B. Jordan for the first Black Panther and supporting okay. actor. I don't have her in this, but like. It's a part of it's partly a legacy win. She has a few big scenes. Yeah. I I don't know. 
I think if we're if we're gonna give Marvel like an acting Oscar, yeah, I think there's a much stronger case to be made for giving Robert Downey Jr. like a Captain Jack Sparrow kind of nomination. Yeah, they 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 campaigned him for for Endgame. Yeah, like I. I think they that probably would have been fine. the The history of best actor over the past decade ish yeah. is like really dumb. Yeah. So <laughs> that would have been fine. Will it be dumb this year? Let's find out. Maybe in a few. <laughs> what would make it dumb this year? When what Austin Butler to... wins. Okay. Uh, he'll fit right in. <laughs> best supporting actor. The nominees are Brendan Gleeson, The Banshees of Inisherin. Excellent. Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway. Good for him. Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans. Okay. Barry Keoghan, The Banshees of Inisherin. Excellent. And Kiwi Kwan, Everything Everywhere All at Once. All right. That's a lot of fun. Here are Good category. So, um, surprises. Tyree Henry finally actually got in. After missing a lot of precursors, yeah. he's in here. Um,. It's a shame I watched the movie already. I'll watch it again. It's not that it's bad. It's a good movie. It's just slow. Yeah. Um, no Eddie Redmayne, no Paul Dano, no Brad Pitt. Those were the, the, the three kind of fighting for that Brian Tyree Henry slot. And the Judd Hirsch, if it was him or Dano. Right. Or both was one in the end. What if there were just three movies nominated for Best Supporting Actor? Nope. Uh, yeah, I'll listen. Just Banshees, uh, Fablemans, and everything everywhere. No Ben Wishaw, Judd Hirsch breaks a record for the biggest gap between nominations. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He might have won, I don't recall, in 1980 Oh, for Ordinary People. 42 years later, he's back. And uh, It's very uh, out of the ordinary in this film. Kiwi Kwan is the uh, the first actor uh, from Vietnam ever to be nominated. He'll be the first one ever to win, probably. Here we go. Best actress. That very. This is exciting. Are you excited? I'm yeah, excited. man. The nominees are Kate Blanchett, Tar. Anna De Armas, Blonde. Ugh, fine, fine, whatever. Andrea Riceborough to Leslie. <laughs> Michelle Williams, the Fableman. Go back. <laughs> and Michelle Yeoh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Who's Leslie? What's missing? Uh, not Leslie. She's here. <laughs> uh, what is missing from Best Actress? Yep. For, uh, I mean, still... I don't know if anyone from Women Talking was going to get in no. there. Uh, we've got... We're missing someone who was nominated for the Golden Globe, the BAFTA, and the SAG. Okay. And someone who was nominated, and Critics' Choice, and someone who was nominated for Critics' Choice, BAFTA, uh, and SAG, I think? Okay. I uh, missed. And have I seen these people? Yes. I have. Uh, okay. And like I, I know I'm going to know what they are. And as I'm just rifling through real quick uh, on the list, and it's not that, and it's not, it's not that, and it's no one from any of those. Previous winner Viola Davis for the ah, Woman the Woman King, King of course, yeah, I did wasn't not get, get nominated. There. Viola and Davis. The biggest tragedy of the night, and we're gonna talk about it right here, right now. Danielle Deadwild. Oh fuck, that's Tenet. right. 
did not. Oh get in. yeah. Let's talk about Andrea Riceboro. She's into Leslie. Into. Not she's not into Leslie. Into Leslie. She performed in the film to Leslie, uh, which I think Diane Warren wrote a song for. Okay. Here's the thing, Noah. That movie premiered at South by Southwest, I believe. That's cool. To good reviews in March. All right. And it was incredibly low budget. Uh, it's in fact guessed that uh, she um, funded this campaign herself. Okay. Andrea Riceboro. Let me let me ask, let me ask you a quick question before you uh, continue on here. If I am to look up who Andrea Riceboro is, because I know the name, but like just don't have it in my head, uh, is she is to Leslie going to appear in any more categories? No. Okay. Go on. Um. It was released by Momentum Pictures, a Hasbro-owned indie shingle whose previous cl- closest brush with Oscar buzz was the wildly uh, scorned Xavier Dolan film The Death and Life of Jonathan F. Donovan. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Donovan. Never heard of did that. Did you just say the Hasbro-owned? Yeah, sure did. Uh, <laughs> okay. The direct so okay. Here's the issue with this. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna go through the timeline. I want you to note that the and and I I want you to understand that the point of all this, I want you to make your own judgment. I have my own opinion. Film Twitter right now, uh, there's two sides of it. There's okay. why are we blaming the actress and not the voters? And sure, Andrew Riceborough didn't do it. How dare Andrea Riceborough do this? And you'll see why. You'll see why. Okay. Uh, the director of the film, Michael Morris, is a TV veteran who has helmed episodes of Smash, Bloodline, and Better Call Saul. His wife is Mary McCormick. Okay. He's part of the West Wing universe uh, with Allison Janney, who's into Leslie. Okay. All right. Mar- this is a- Vulture did a timeline. Part one, obscurity. Okay. March 12th. Makes its world premiere. Mildly positive reviews. Highest parade for essential performance. October 7th. It opens in limited release in VOD. New York Times publishes a five-paragraph review calling it a deceptively simple yet heart-wrenching character study. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes upon release. October 25th, she's snubbed at the Gotham Awards, Riceboro, which is aims to spotlight low-budget independent film. November 11th, Charlize Theron hosts a screening of Two Leslie because Morris puts in a call as IndieWire later reveals. Okay. At the event, Theron calls the movie one of those film experiences that are coming extinct, unfortunately. Eleven days later, Riceboro earns her first precursor. She's nominated for an Independent Spirit Award in the General Neutral Best Lead Performance category. December 8th, the National Board of Review names Two Leslie one of its top ten independent films of the year. Four days later, she's snubbed by the, for the Golden Globes. Two days after that, she's snubbed at the Critics' Choice. Two days after that, she earns her second precursor, and the Chicago Film Critics Association, local, nominates her for Best Actress. Part two, growing recognition. January 10th, that was 14 days ago. Indeed. Morris Morris is the director. His friend, Gwyneth Paltrow, hosts a screening and posts about the movie on her Instagram grid. She calls the film a masterpiece and says Riceboro should win every award there is and all the ones that haven't been invented yet. The same day, Ed Norton... Publishes a Twitter thread 
hailing Riceboro's performance as the most fully committed, emotionally deep, physically harmed performance I've seen in a while. This is the unofficial start to the campaign. Okay. A day later, she snubbed at the SAG Awards. But then, two days later, after two high-profile actors have posted about it, seemingly at the request of the director, Oscar voting begins. Ballots are open. Hollywood Reporter takes notice of the star-led media, social media campaign for the film, which has grown to include Sandra Bullock, Helen Hunt, Zoe Deschanel, Melanie Linsky, Mira Sorvino, Constance Zimmer, Rosie O'Donnell, Minnie Driver, Alan Cummings, Daphne... Uh, no, I'm going to skip people I don't know. Jenny McCarthy, Francis Fisher, Rosanna Arquette, Deborah Winger, Patricia Clarkson, Howard Stern. The trade interviews Morris and many of the movie's famous fans. I was just struck by its authenticity, Sarah Paulson says. That same day, Rice Bureau does her only major bit of press guesting on her two Leslie co-star, Mark Marin's podcast, WTF. On it, she speaks of her love of the Christopher Guest film For Your Consideration. Just the sniff of a fart of some sort of nomination. Everybody loses their minds, their faces, any connection to reality. That's a quote from the movie. Sure. Uh, a day later, the Twitter account Film Updates begins keeping track of the celebrities who have lent their support to the film. Besides those previously mentioned, it eventually includes Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Demi Moore, Jamie Lee Curtis, Bradley Whitford, Jane Fonda, Dua Hill, all of the cast of West Wing, I guess, Michelle Monaghan, Laura Dern, Greg Kinnear, Kate Winslet, Kim Basinger, Amy Adams. I believe Kate Winslet calls it like the greatest performance she's ever seen. Okay. A day later, a Reddit collects a series of posts from celebrities, all of them calling it Every single one, a small film with a giant heart. Those exact words. Okay. The phrase soon goes viral. A Redditor speculates, I'm almost certain Riseboro has a Hollywood orgy videotape. She's using it to blackmail everybody. January 15th, accepting her award for Best Actress, Kate Blanchett includes Riceboro in her list of actresses who deserve the trophy. She was not nominated. Yeah. The Backlash. Uh, Love the backlash. Who cares about that? Uh, the backlash review cynical. Okay, so that's basically the gist of it. Yeah. Is that they had connections and the grassroots, which were led by Andrea and the director, were get our famous friends to tweet about it and tell their other actors. Now, people on Twitter are saying, how could they do that? You know, that's just, that's, they all, all the celebrities posted the same sentences occasionally uh-huh. they were just sending out a thing like this is garbage and then everyone else and i think a lot part of that may have just been the shock that then that deadweiler and davis didn't get in and that there were no women of, of color nominated in this category no no black women anyway yeah uh anna darmus is the first woman of cuban descent to get in um that that once they settled down, I think some people were under the realization of the whole, why are you blaming Riceboro? They didn't have any, the studio didn't have any money to back this, so she did. Uh-huh. And the actors are the people that vote for it, so they were telling, they weren't telling us that it's a great performance. They were telling their community through their media, social media accounts, and that's just kind of how this works. It's just out in the open. Yeah, if... If these people on Twitter who are upset at Andrea Riseborough, who starred in the film Two Leslie, uh, recently nominated for Best Actress, if they think that this is like the first occasion where a, an actress 
has turned to her famous friends yes. or an actor has turned to his famous friends and been like, hey, could you tweet about my movie? I want people to see it. Oh, it happens uh, and then, all the time. And then they do that and then like the movie finds success because Hollywood is sort of a, a, a cynical and uh, interconnected place. I've got a, I've got this great bridge for sale that I think they'd really be interested in. It's going for a good rate, and the only thing you have to do is give me the money, and then the bridge is yours. What, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's it it, it it's been a weird day on Twitter for that because people are like, and people who are Oscar pundits are like, I, I can't believe it worked. That's the big takeaway from like, Oscar Twitter is like. Holy shit! Yeah, sure. It's in, it's, in it's insane that, that it, it works. works. Yeah, it's insane. That's true. But like, if you're gonna fucking sit here and look at the rest of this list and yeah. be like, well, you know, all all the rest of these movies, everyone stayed silent about Michelle Williams' performance in the Fablemans, right. and it just happened to get here yeah, on, on the merits on of Armas, what was on film. <laughs> Anna Armas didn't make any uh, campaign stops. She didn't go to any Q and A's. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Uh, had her name taken off of the credits for Tar it's, it's, and uh, lost a lawsuit and had to get put back on there. Like, shut the fuck up. It's just because it's in the open. It's because they couldn't. This is the equivalent of having billboards in L.A. Yeah. That the rest of the world doesn't see. I've but been, they didn't have the money to do it. So doing it on Twitter, it's having. I've been scrolling past Twitter ads for the visual effects and uh, yes. All Quiet on the Western Front for a month. It's the equivalent of, of the screenings, the Q&As, the special presentations that they have in L.A. and New York that these celebrities go to on the campaign trail. But they didn't have the money or the time to do that. So they just did it on Twitter. That's the only difference. And. It's so funny because like people say she is, I hear she actually is great in it. I'm excited to watch it, but it's getting a weird backlash. But I think now it's people are calming down and be like, okay, well, that's what you do. So yeah, just actors are dumb and easily tricked. Well, we did get our biggest snub of the night. There's no way Dead Wilder, Dead Wilder shouldn't have been nominated. No, I mean, her and Viola Davis both should have been in over. Uh... Anna is great in Blonde. Okay. She's great. She is. And she's the best part of the movie. Someone on Twitter made a good point where they were like, you know, we take this movie that's like vile and ugly and, you know, hurtful and, and just poison. Yeah. But she's like the only part of it that's like warm and like she does what she can. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the movie is garbage, but like she's great in it. And yeah, Michelle Williams is category fraud to me. Um, she's just a surprise. No, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not to you. You're just observing the world as it is. Yeah. Anyway, that's actress. Okay. Andrea Riceborough to Leslie. I, historic nomination, mark my words. This is just... This is the kind of thing that, you know, we we go we lead up to the Oscars and, you know, we're like, oh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so cool if, like, After Sun got nominated for Best Actor or right. Best Screenplay or whatever? And then, but you're really thinking, like, I mean, That's not gonna yeah, but yeah, nobody right. saw After Sun. It's right. not really in contention. Like, people talk about it on Twitter or whatever, but, yeah. like, it's not what we're doing here, so we don't get disappointed. But then they nominate Andrea Riseborough, star of Two Leslie, for an Academy Award, and it's just like, what? What are what are they all doing? Every I mean, day? we sit around and we go, wouldn't it be great if, you know, After Sun gets in for screenplay or Applause gets in for song? But no one's seen Tell It Like a Woman. It's never gonna happen. But then it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's, yeah. Let's let's all let's all have a nice Twitter backlash to Diane Warren next year. Very excited. Tomorrow, tell me your thoughts on. Uh, on the shit you read tonight on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> see, see what you feel the vibe is. 
Uh, all right, best actor. Here we go. Yep. The nominees are Austin Butler, Elvis, Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mescal, After Sun, and Bill Nighy, Living. We did it, folks. That's nice. Now you're 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 not generally on board with that placement. No, uh, but I'm own, on board with a, a recognition for After Sun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I figured I figured you would be. That's very fun. I'm very I'm very happy about That's that. Fun. I'm shocked that like they it gets here but not screenplay. I just, well, it's, I mean, it's pretty weird. You know, the screenplay is like maybe the we- the movie is a masterpiece, but maybe the weakest part of like you know you, th- you think about the camera work and the performances and the themes and the music. The themes m- are in the screenplay more than yeah. That's true. I just like there's no. Yeah, there's just no like heavy, you know, there's no like big dialogue scene, you know what I mean? It's just um yeah, but, but there's there's so much more to the screenplay than I have it in dialogue. screenplay. I have it in my screenplay. Yeah. Um no, that's so great. excited for Paul. How incredible is that? Oh, do I have any best uh, actress stats for you? Go ahead. Just get back to the conversation earlier about best actor being dumb. Like Colin Farrell's been doing pretty well on the on the trail yeah. so far. Yeah. And like seems like a contender. Austin Butler's going to win. I, I I I also I think the whale has I think, I think the whale peaked early. Short, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. I think the whale had its moments in December. He he had the last beginning of January. He had the last acceptance speech, televised acceptance speech, before voting's going to close. Yeah. Um. Sorry for actress uh, Michelle Yeoh is the first Asian Best Actress nominee since 1935, which was a woman named. Uh, Myrtle something and it wasn't revealed until like the 70s that she was Asian okay she went she just you know went under yeah probably a white persona I would assume um, but that's awesome and Anna Adarmus is the first actress of Cuban descent uh, to be nominated so actor Paul Mescal yeah surprised I'm, I'm not surprised people thought it might happen no Cruz, no Sandler. Every actor here is the first time nominee, and that hasn't happened. And I stopped looking after a while in at least seventy-five years. Wow! Because as I got to like the you know nineteen forty, nineteen thirty, I was like, well, eventually they're all going to be first time because yeah. it hasn't been around that long. Yeah. But yeah, no former nominees at all. I. That's very cool. Tom Cruise should have cool. been in. Uh, well, but what yeah, are you gonna do? That's true. Um, what are you going to do? Best director. I'll take Noah. Mescal over Cruz. Two left. It's fun. Your nominees are Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inisherin, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Todd Field, Tar, and Ruben Osland, Triangle of Sadness. Damn. And here are you. What were you hoping for? The uh, RRR director. Oh, yeah. No. No. I was uh, close, and, and, and ooh, it was going to fucking happen. <laughs> and no, uh, you knew what? Triangle the, of Sadness? No, that there would be like a weirdo spot. People thought maybe All Quiet, the director would yeah. get in for All Quiet or something like that. Uh, people were hoping that any female might get any recognition. Um, that's also been a big story on Twitter today is that there's... Remember when, uh, who was it? Natalie Portman or something said, and now here, I think at the Golden Globes yeah. here, and now here are the all-male all all, directing nominees. Yes. Here, we are here they are again. Yeah, here we are again. When uh, sure, Tar's sorry. about a woman, it's about Tar. 
Everything Ever All at Once is about a woman. Yeah. It's not the title. Uh, the Banshees, Banshees are has, famously it has, women. It has one woman in it. It has two Triangle women in it. Excuse me. Several women. Who's the other one you think of? The Banshee. Oh, yeah. Three with the woman at the, the, male, at the, store? the male store. Yeah. <laughs> she likes news. And uh, the Fablemans, uh, there were women in that family. Yeah. The Fable women. A lot of sisters. One, but, of, the, one of them was a lead performance. It is disappointing. And it's one of those things where I think like, you know, don't put anyone in who doesn't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, like we have these people, but we need a woman in here. Yeah. But like, I think I have, I have at least Charlotte Wells in my, like, it's not like that's not me saying there weren't any deserving nominees, but the idea of like, I can't believe it is like, well, only if there are options. And this year there were, I mean, um, uh, the Woman King, women. Sarah Pauly got nominated for screenplay. Uh, be great. It never would have happened, but Charlotte Wells, yeah. Dr. Son. Could have happened. Uh, they watched it. They did watch it. Um, but, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Oslin is in. No women, no James Cameron, no Joseph Kaczynski. People thought that could happen as well for Top Gun. All right. Best picture. You're 10. Remember, they're just doing 10. Yeah. It's flat 10. 10 nominees. You know what? You read them. Ready? Yeah. Go. Women Talking. Triangle of Sadness. Top Gun Maverick. Tar. The Fablemans. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Elvis. The Banshees of Inishirin. Avatar The Way of Water. And All Quiet on the Western Front. There you go. That's your ten. And I gotta say... Overall, pretty fucking good 10. Yeah, that's... Uh, you've got one, two, three... There's four. only one in there that you'd call a stinker. Uh, yeah, that's true. There is only one stinky movie in there. And you got a couple of great ones. Banshees, Everything Everywhere, Tar. Yeah. I'd say The Fableman's Top Gun, Triangle. Um, Triangle Sadness, Women Talking, are in. Women Talking pulls it out. Two nominations. It couldn't get score, but it got. It's another Selma, except the other ones are not song. It's a yeah. major award, but screenplay and picture, and fucking Triangle of Sadness. Just uh, what? Did, what else did that get? Why am I blanking on? It this? got. It got director. It got. Uh, oh, screenplay. Yeah, screenplay. Those are three big nominations. Maybe it'll win. No. no. Uh, there's no the whale. People thought that could carry right. over. So he was getting that was getting screenplay and two acting. Now it did get two acting. It did get Hong Chow and Fraser, but yeah, I'm no t- RRR, no Babylon. Uh, with Top Gun Maverick, it is Tom Cruise's first nomination in 23 years since he should have won supporting actor for Magnolia in '99. That's cool. All right, just so some random sets. Two films have two people in supporting, which is cool. Two Banshees uh, in the male, two Everything Ever All at Once is in the female yes. category. Um, Catherine Martin is the first person in history to be nominated for Best Picture, Production Design, and Costume Design. She's Baz Luhrmann's wife, and she worked on Elvis. No RRR in any technicals. Pretty weird. Song. Just... Did they not watch the movie? Like, how is that not in for anything? Why, why is it that was ineligible for international feature? 
India submitted another movie. Okay. Uh, 16 of the 20 acting nominees are first timers, which is a very That's rare. neat. Every is major- one of those Andrea Riseborough into Leslie? Yes. Oh. Every major role in Banshees and Everything Everywhere All at Once were nominated. Two films, four nominations for acting. And all deserving. With eight acting nominations, Kate Blanchett joins only Marlon Brando, Glenn Close, Judy Dench, Jack Lemon, Peter O'Toole, and Geraldine Page in that group. Are they good? Distinction. They're pretty good. Oh. With Tar being nominated in Best Picture, Kate Blanchett has tied Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson with 10 appearances in Best Picture nominees. Only De Niro sits above them with 11. That's pretty cool. Um, she seems likely to eclipse that. So now that you're done, yeah, go to Wiki, pull up the list, and while I'm giving my box office stuff, I want you to find a few uh, fun surprises or whatever, uh, snubs, notable, whatever, exclusions that you'd want to talk about. Here are your tallies, though, Noah. Uh, Avatar has four. Black Panther has five. Tar and Top Gun are tied with six nominations. The Fablemans has seven. Elvis has eight. All Quiet on the Western Front, which you thought was going to sweep everything, is tied with the Banshees of Inishirin with nine and leading the pack. The little movie that came out in March that everyone said was too weird for the Academy that went on to become uh, the highest grossing film in A24's history. The movie that earned rave reviews and yet it opened too early. It's too strange. Everything Ever All at Once leads with... 11 Oscar nominations. That's very cool. It's very exciting. All right. Um, that's it. Now we can get into the box office. You got a top five for us? Yeah, it's a pretty dumb one. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it just is. What, before you know that, what, what overall do you, what's your overall impression going through that? Um, my overall impression is that most of those nominees are pretty good in a vacuum. Uh, one of those nominees was Andrea Riceborough into Leslie. Uh-huh. Uh, the way you're saying it too. How else would one say to Leslie? <laughs> Is that how you say to in general? To Leslie. Say huh? I'm writing a letter to uh, them. All right. I'm writing a letter to them. You do say to. Yeah. Okay. Suppose I do. Yeah. All right. I pronounce to Leslie as it tuh. is written. <laughs> no, you pronounce it with an A. Uh, That's what tuh is. The the uh sound is an A. Unless it's an O. I, I'm going to have to review Go ahead. That's lists fine. of things I've seen to know what should and shouldn't have happened. Okay. I, nothing for nope. Nothing nope for less. nope. You know, nope was an outsider to get like visual effects or maybe sound. That was really it for nope. Okay. I. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think here's 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 one that would have been like doable, not expected, but like yeah. not an insane thing to wish for. I uh, I would have liked to see in like production design. Yeah. Yeah, I think production design would be the place to put the Northman. Okay. Here. Here's here's what here's what I'd like to see generally, yeah. uh, and this is not a good thing for our pursuit of seeing all these movies because it's very useful that they only nominate like seven things in all of the technicals. I'd like them to be a little more creative. Yeah, sure. I don't think it's the case that the same seven movies, yeah, 
uh, share the best per- for- performances in all of the below the line aspects. Plus, it's- and I feel like in recent years, that's just kind of how it happens, where you'll you'll sub out uh, an Elvis for yeah. a Babylon in some categories, but basically they all get the same shit. Plus, it's more fun that way. Like, well, I you know, one of my most like fun that I thought of. I mean, I had Lego movie and production design. Sure. Someone, they had to build all that shit. That's designing the production. Um, men in makeup. Yes. That would have been great. That's a good one. Uh, now Noah, you, you and I try to watch the nominees every year. We do. Right. So here are the movies, not including the shorts, which we do also watch, but not include those that we have to watch now. Okay. It's not that bad of a list. Uh huh. You know, living. Yeah. Right. Blonde. To Leslie. Causeway. And I've, I've seen some of these. Like I've seen blonde. I've seen Causeway. Living. Blonde. To Leslie. Causeway. Um, no, we've seen those. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. The Sea Beast. Argentina, 1985. Close. EO, The Quiet Girl, 10. All That Breathes, The Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, House Made of Splinters, Navalny, 15. Uh, then we have nothing until uh, Bardo, 16. Empire, Empire of Love, Light, 17. Mrs. Harry Goes to Paris, 18. And that might be it. I might have miscounted when I texted you earlier. 18. All right. is not too many of those are like, you know, oh, my God, we have to. What are some examples? You remember any? I like from the past. I that we were like, holy shit, we have to watch this. Yeah. No, I mean, not off the top of my head. There's there's many of them every year. Point is, we can do it. All right. What's your top five movies that take place in the Internet? Remember Missing? That came out this weekend. It's one of the many movies that takes place in the internet, along with four others on this list. On the internet. Including, number five, Tron Legacy. Yeah. A movie that rounds out this list uh, because I'd committed to a theme and then I had four. Mm. I had the three obvious ones and then I had, ooh, like there's one that fits. And then the theme was born. Tron Legacy, uh, getting a sequel. And then it is a sequel. Getting another sequel with Jared Leto. That sequel can appear in Babylon 2. Who keeps getting work. <laughs> he sure does. I wonder what he's going to throw at his castmates in that. I wonder uh, what underage girl he'll sleep with. Go ahead. Number four is Missing, uh, a movie that we just watched recently and came out and was kind of okay. I yeah, I think board, you, board, well, you, board, you, you yeah, definitely liked him. Border, bordering on good. I did, yeah. You thought it was bad. Uh, because of the ending was bad. Yeah. But you're you're you you're, the plot. Yeah, but you're ignoring the first two thirds that were good uh ish. Uh number three. It was fine for it was it was good to fine for a while and then it just yeah. fell apart. I uh, number three is Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, yes. Which is the little tricky one here because they go into the internet uh and it's a little fun. Not uh, the first one, unless you're saving the first one. No, they don't go on the internet in the first one. They just live in an arcade machine. All right, that's true. I, 
which I guess like these movies don't take place in the internet so much. It's just on a computer screen. But what are you going to do with uh, all number, that junk? Number two, Unfriended, oh. your favorite of these. I love Unfriended. Uh, the uh, the original uh, horror movie on Zoom where they get attacked by the ghost of a person they bullied to death, I think. So, yes. Was there another twist? No, there wasn't another twist to it. I remember there being something about like how she's remorseful for doing it, but only like because it had consequences on her or something. Anyway, yes, it was the person they bullied to death yeah. who killed themselves. Uh, but then they came back as a vengeful beast. Uh, they sure did. And they fucked around with their internet connection, they and then out. they killed them all. Uh, really good stuff. A lot of fun. Very creative. Uh, and then my favorite of the same genre at number one is Host. Host. Uh, a movie that exists on Shudder and is an hour long uh, and is a very similar thing to Unfriended. Uh, a bunch of people try to have a Zoom seance, and they also fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. Uh, that movie is just, it's tight. You're in, you're out. There's a lot of good, creative, clever stuff. Uh, and it's pretty scary. I uh, really liked it. Yeah, it was good. Well, let's get into the actual top five at the okay. box office. Uh, number one this week, once again, was Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, Puss in Boots came up to the number two spot. Megan dropped down to number three. Those two flipped. Missing opened at number four. And then the number five was A Man Called Otto. But as I said, once again, Avatar The Way of Water was at number one with $20.1 million. It was a 38.7% drop. That's up to 598.4. Hey, look at that. Guess what? It's crossed $2 billion at the box office worldwide, which uh, is great. I think that just keeps it in the same position it was in before yeah it jumped no way spider-man no way home it's at number six and in just a few days it will cross uh uh infinity war and then in a few weeks it's definitely going to cross titanic uh, and the force awakens um domestically it currently sits at number 13 uh just about a week away from crossing incredibles 2 at number 12 moving right along uh i would say that the drop is a little we're getting to just normal territory now we're leveling out uh, a little bit we don't have anything this weekend but next weekend uh we have hopefully a big movie knock at the cabin i'm i'm hoping uh does well um what's well for knock at the cabin i hope okay I'm I'm hoping for mid low to mid twenties. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if reviews are good for it to debut closer to thirty. Okay. We haven't had a big movie like this since Megan. Uh, M Night's on a little bit of a streak. It's a very fun premise, I think, for people. You know, the mis- you know, He's all about mystery and intrigue, and this is if you don't kill your spouse or your daughter, the world right. will end. Or your father. Yeah, I guess she could choose to kill him. She just, she fucking cuts one of their throats yeah. immediately. Oh, shit, really? Did you see that plane crash? Yeah, that was fucking nuts. I, yeah. Would you would you say, based on that, that like 15 to 18 is... I say if, if like if 15, yes, not good. 18, 18 I would say is fine, yeah. Okay. So maybe like 
16 to 18, fine, disappointing, but understandable. And like 15 and below. 17's my cut. 17's your cut. Wow. So in like basically 18 is as low as it can go while still being fine. 17 All is right. as low as it can go okay. while still being fine. All right. It, depending on cinema score, I'll give it that. If it's a 17 and the cinema score is a D, yeah. we're fucked. If it's a 17 and the cinema score is like a B, B plus, I think we'll be okay. But okay. I'm I'm hoping I th- it feels like it could be a thing, you know? Don't you think? Sure. Anyway, horror movies go. People like M Night sometimes. He's on a th- he's on a streak. I another movie on a streak is Puss in Boots: The Last Witch, which came in at last, number two. Last Witch. <laughs> yeah, that's the sequel. <laughs> I made eleven point eight million dollars, an eighteen point four percent drop. It's up to one hundred and twenty six point seven. They're all the last. It's just from now on the last. Yeah. Um, the last ogre. Whoa! Hey now. All right, yeah, eighteen. I mean, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I feel like, I you know, it's weird saying like I feel like it's just gonna cruise past one seventy, but you know, because you like it's a one twenty six mid twelve yeah. million dollars, but like it can't be stopped. Like next week, it could also make over ten million dollars. Next week, it could be already by one hundred and forty. That'd be like, great. It's just it's cruising and I couldn't be happier for it. It's fun because I didn't see The Greatest Showman and I probably wouldn't have liked The Greatest Showman. I hope not. But I did see this and I loved this. So this is now exciting. Yes. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, and the three spot was Megan, which has a three in its name. Fitting. Coincidence. Who's to say? Made nine point seven million dollars. Uh, is that what you said? Yeah, no, I said in the three spot, but it isn't its third weekend. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, it was forty-seven percent drop. Uh, it's up to seventy-three point one million. Um, yeah, I think this is another example of leveling off pretty quickly. Although sure. it's already made seventy, so who gives a flying fuck? A hundred is. I think it debuts on PVOD Premium Video on Demand, so like for twenty bucks or whatever next week. But I don't think a lot of people are going to be checking it out there. I think if people want to see this, they're either waiting for streaming or going to a theater. Either way, movie costs, what did I say it costs? you remember? It was like 15 uh, 30 Yeah, something like that. Uh, 125 worldwide. It's going to get to 140 maybe even 150 worldwide. We're getting a sequel. They parodied it on SNL. Um, and, uh, yeah, even if it doesn't break 100 like Smile did... Um, it's uh, it's cruising right along, and over ninety is probably guaranteed at this point. Very fun, very fun. A missing opened <gasps> at number four, nine point one million dollars. <gasps> this is just startling. The missing, they were missing. Um, this is this is a nice opening. We talked about this a little bit on on the over the weekend that like I expected this to be four million dollars, and yeah. it basically doubled what I was thinking. Uh, it costs more than the first one. The first one costs under a million. This costs seven million. But we'll see. I mean, I think it got like a B, something cinema score. So I don't think it's going to hold. Maybe next week it does a little bit just because it opened on the lower end. But uh, I don't think that uh, we're necessarily going to be getting a missing three unless it does well. The first one did really well overseas. So maybe this one will too. But um, it's still a pretty pretty okay opening. Yeah, a good uh, off to a good start. And then number five was A Man Called Otto with $8.8 million. It was a 31.4% drop. It's up to 35.1. Yeah, that's a nice little drop. And that one, as the numbers get lower uh, over the weekend, the drops are just going to be, I think, smaller and smaller. I think this has a chance of, like, just leveling out at, like, six, five, four million the next three weeks. Okay. Just, like, 
very solid numbers. This is definitely getting past $50 million, which in today's day and age is like a hundred for this kind of movie. Yeah. Was that number five? That was number five. Hey, look at that. Anything else I got to say? Let's say no. <laughs> All right, Noah, what do you got? By the way, I've looked, I've been looking at the previous, I know you're thinking, what have you been doing over there? But I've been looking at the previous uh, few years of Oscar and some movies that I don't think we have too many of this year. Uh, are like for you this is all for you coming to America the eyes of Tammy Faye hillbilly elegy yeah. Victor and Abdul Hacksaw Ridge Florence Foster Jenkins not a lot of those kind of movies I yeah I, I, I think that there's a pretty wide range of uh, quality in that list you just gave but uh, but yeah some good I mean some like fine like what uh, Florence Foster Jenkins fine oh, that, okay I uh, Ignoring the uh, the baggage that comes with Uh-oh. it, I think Hacksaw Ridge is fine. No, you thought it was. Fine. I really didn't like it at all. Yeah, I, I remember. Was... I remember thinking it's fine, and like I remember thinking the second half is okay, and the first half being just so bad. Andrew Garfield's doing some pretty dopey stuff, and like <laughs> the Mel Gibson of it all is not worth watching. Certainly not worth but... the Best Picture, Best Director nomination. No, yeah, like or that's Best Actor. That's crazy, and that's yeah, that's that's all true. Is that I th- I think relative to what it was nominated for, I I'll put it this way, it's significantly better than the eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, Hillbilly yeah. Elegy, which we watched of One our of own the worst accord. Of the year. Uh, yeah, that wasn't even like an Oscar thing. We just did that. Yeah. Uh, Thank God. Can you imagine <laughs> if we like, went like God? What do we we have to watch this before this date? Yes. Uh, all right. Games, go. Right. It's time to play everybody's favorite one. Did, Did it, it make, make more or less than? than? See? We all know how to play. I name three movies. You list them in order. Which ones made more and which ones made less at the box office? For a bonus point, you can tell me. One, the year in question. Two, one of the movie's opening weekend totals within $5 million. And three, one of the movie's final grosses within $5 million. Are you ready to play? Yeah. You're on a two-week streak of six points each. Okay. And your three movies are <clears throat> Dinner for Schmucks, yeah. Resident Evil Afterlife, yeah. and Tooth Fairy. Are these all the same year? They are all the same year. Okay. And one, I get to say the year is one of my bonus? Yes. 2011. That's not it. Mm. Is it 10? It is 10. It's close. Uh, all right, I have to rank these in order of what made more. Yeah. I got Dinner for Schmucks, The Tooth Fairy. What was the first one? Resident Evil Afterlife is the <sighs> final film. I'm going to say Schmucks made the most. That is correct. Then I'm going to say Resident Evil and then Tooth Fairy. That is correct. All right. All right. I'll do opening weekend for Schmucks. Wait, opening weekend... Total, and then what's the third one? Oh, it's just the year. Yeah. Uh, opening weekend for Schmucks is 26. 23.5. That is within the five, so that is a point. 23.5. What was the year of the data came out? Nope. All right, I'll look it up. Go ahead. No, it's still you. Yeah, I know. All right, so now I have to do the last one, which is pick one of those movies, do the final gross. We'll do Apocalypse, and we'll say 40. Hang on. 
What? I, I don't know. Afterlife. Just, yeah. Wouldn't, no, wouldn't change it. Matters. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll do forty-five. Now that's a miss. Resident Evil Afterlife made sixty million. Oh, it was in three D. Probably, <laughs> everything was in three D. I. So that is still a win. That is a uh, a four point total affair. It makes me feel a little better, but a bit better about this game. All right. Uh, that it is not. You're, you're not just walking through it like a little sheet of paper every week. Uh, but well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, you succeeded. I. Uh, Come and gone from a theater near you. Are you ready to go back in yes. time? Yes. Uh, three films actually came out Whoa, this weekend. Whoa, baby. Tw- 2012. It's week three. It's January 20th. Uh, you've got... January 20th, 2012. Yeah, you've got movies that came out at one and two, and then one that came out at six that I'll be able to get you to guess. Was this uh, a holiday? Uh, no, this was not a holiday. So it's not Mar- It's not uh, Ride Along. No. 2012. I think I'm just going to take some hints here. Okay. 2012. Uh, you're looking for it's a... Uh, yeah. Num- number one is a uh, a franchise film. Oh, dear. Uh, let's see. Resident Evil. Underworld. Right? Do you want, do you want confirmation on that? Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Does it, Underworld... Oh, fuck. Was it the prequel? Is it Rise of the Lycans? It is not Rise of the Lycans. I don't remember Guaranteed. the other titles. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Evolution. No, that's the second one. But that is correct. <laughs> oh, that was right? No, I'm saying that is a correct title. But no, that came out in 2006. Instead of going the one before Rise of the Lycans, what if you name the one that came out right after Rise of the Lycans? I don't remember the name of them. I never saw them. Hold on. It's the one with her back in it. What? She wasn't in the prequel. Oh, like she's returned. Kate Beckinsale. I thought you meant her back, like her spine. <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe she wore like a backless leather thing. And no. It's like, ah, oh, that, that one with her back. No. Kate Beckinsale returned to the franchise. Let's see. Uh, uh, all right, give me clues. The, what's the, the first thing you do when you uh, in the morning? Rise. I mean, sure. And another, what's another? Wake what's, up. Yeah, you could say you wake up. up. Elevate. No, no. You're, what's what's the other the other word you said? Rise. No, it's not when when you said wake up, and up. you focused on up. Wake. What if you focused on wake? Awakenings. <laughs> Awaken. Just one of them. Awakening. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never have gotten that. <laughs> Underworld awakening. Never in my life would have gotten that. Will you get how much money it opened yeah, to? Yeah, I'm going to say 23. 25.3. Yeah. Quite well done. Uh, all right. Remember you're... all of us at that time were like, what? Really? Everyone, just these movies consistently open at 20. Like, yeah, they're so, back. So much long like Kate after Beckinsale. the first one. We're just, why? Why did everyone go again? Uh, your second film is a historical drama. War drama. Oh. Lone Survivor. No, think farther back. Four Survivors. Uh, no. Oh, what? you didn't mean further back in the movie. No, he, no, no. I, I, I meant in the past. Oh, I see. In the past when he had his buddies with him. <laughs> Before he became the Lone Survivor. Um, hmm. This is a war film. 
You so you said is it? Did I? All right. Was it Oscar nominated? I think you said that. Uh, I, this I don't recall. Not majorly, uh, okay. and probably was not it an at expansion? I uh, no. This was just the this is just, an opening, just the opening weekend. Fuck. Uh, Its title is also a name of a bird. Blackbird, bluebird. No, but your cardinal, your color, your color thing is uh, yellow. Yellow birds. No, yellow. No, green birds. You're you're really missing one of the big colors. Orange birds. Not quite, but close. Ooh, red bird. Oh, red tails. Yeah. You went through all the colors. Um, that had a very. I'm gonna look that up. That had an interesting cast. Now, uh, all right, Red Tails. I think George Lucas uh, produced that. Um, I'm gonna say that opened to eighteen. Yeah, eighteen point seven. Hey. Uh. And then your final film, uh, which I recognize the title of, so I want to do this. It came in sixth place. George Lucas did not produce that. Cool. <laughs> he could have. Uh, is a female-led action movie. Oh, Sucker Punch. No. Damn, I was so like, boom. Yeah, I'm just going to knock it out. I, but much in the way that I believe Sucker Punch was generally canceled when it came out. Oh. Uh, the star of this film oh. has since gone on to be more modernly canceled. The female star. Yes. Is it Gina Carano? Yeah. What the hell was Haywire? Yeah. Oh, I just assumed <laughs> it was one a movie. Te- it's Haywire. I assume it was a team of women. I see. They were kicking ass. I was like, she's the only one in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, Soderbergh. Oh yeah, it was. Channing was in it. Uh, what what place what at weird six? Guy. You said yeah. All right, so seven. 8.4. Yeah, right there. And that's it for that weekend. Noah Damas. Let's do it. Do you have the sheet Do you have the sheet up? Yeah. What's your next movie that you're predicting? Is it just Dungeons and Dragons? Did uh, you do one for Knock at the Cabin or something? I did not do Knock at the Cabin. Dungeons and have? Dragons I do have a prediction what for. What else is there? What's, uh, what's coming up? Let's see. We got Creed 3. Okay, got, that's going to be sooner. Yeah, we got... Oh, it's sooner than Dungeons? All I right. think so. I, uh, Magic Mike. That's February, yeah. Okay. Can we uh, do an Ant Man for you? No Ant Man. Okay. All right. We're doing Scream Six. All right. Now you saw the teaser. I did. This is the full trailer, baby. We're getting the full story here for what's going on in Scream Six. Don't like the title. Should have been called Scream. I like that they're using the Roman numerals. The other ones didn't. Okay, but I uh-huh. think it should have been called Scream Two with Roman numerals. To distinguish it from the other series. Okay. We had Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4. All the numbers. Then yeah. we had Scream. Right. And now Scream 2, Scream, but with the Roman numerals instead. But we're yeah. Scream 6. But this does the thing with the M, so yeah, it's worth it. It does. Uh, you haven't seen this. is very exciting. I love. We love the Scream franchise. Yeah. The last one was great. Um, we're going to watch it, know it for the first time. Then we're going to come back. He'll give his instant prediction of what it will make on opening weekend. Um, we're going to turn the mics off. And I know it's been a long podcast, but don't worry. We'll remember to turn them back on because, as always, it'll be seamless. Scream 6, baby. The uh, team from the first one, uh, the reboot is back. Uh, radio Silence, same writers. 
Now moved to a new location, New York's New York. You know how people talk like that? There? I do. I've heard. Uh, new York City. What'd you think? I I think this is going to be huge. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. I am, I'm ready for Ghostface to just be like, uh, uh, intimidating. Just shooting people's heads off and yeah. shit. Yeah. Like this, this franchise has gotten a lot of mileage out of being scary, but like also silly. Yeah. Like Ghostface fl- he, trips. He falls down. Yeah. And he's like, he falls he's, down a lot. He's like a cartoon on a yeah. banana peel, you know? Yeah. But then he'll also stab you in the chest yeah. and rip your Innards lungs out. out. He sure and, will. Yeah. That's pretty gross. I... And yeah, I, I get the impression that this one Ghostface is just like I'm gonna fucking kill all of you. Like I'm I'm I've worked on my balance, and like I'm not here to get into scrapes and scuffles. Like I have a shotgun. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool as hell. I think the New York thing is very exciting. Yeah. I. Yeah. Like so, I, I I think I think this is gonna this is gonna be big. What seems cool about it is that whole like shrine. Right? Yeah. People have like paused and looked around. It seems to be all of the ghost face costumes. Okay. From each killing. And I think the mask he's wearing is the first mask. That's my guess. Oh, okay. That's why it looks all old and yeah. decrepit because it's from 1996. Uh, but in it, it's like it's got like Randy's, um, uh, not Randy, uh, Stu's red robe. Okay. That he wears. It's got uh, uh, fucking Billy Loomis's white T-shirt. It's uh-huh. got the television that fell on Stu's face. It's got like props from all the crime scenes and shit. And I'm just like, that's like the next evol- Like in the last one, we did have that that whole thing of toxic fandom. Right. And this is like, what if like there was just like someone who was like obsessed with the act of like the kill. It's just, it's it's a nice seems to be a nice evolution. Of that toxic fandom. Thing. Yeah. I'm very excited. What do you think it's going to open to? March 10th. What do you think it's going to open to? I, uh, it's got it, Wednesday in it. It does. And like, I, I, I legit think that might help. I I don't know. I mean, it's I'm still trying to like uh, modulate myself here a little bit. It's got uh, a guy who played Spider in it. Yeah. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say the number I wrote down, which is 60. Whoa. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, I think I think I think this is happening. That is huge, boy. I would be thrilled. That means we'd get like a fucking huge crowd. Did you hear I said spiders in it? Yeah, from Avatar. Yeah, and I chose to ignore that. The last scream last year made eighty-one total. You're okay. saying sixty? Yeah. I, all right, I might I might overshot it a little bit. I'm but, excited. That's awesome. But I even even if that number is a little is a little crazy, yeah. like keep the spirit of my prediction like this movie's gonna be big i hope so all right uh you got it written down noah it's oscar nomination time recommend a movie for the folks for this week slash weekend yeah i listen go go see a best picture nominee near you that's nice i probably the fablemans maybe women talking uh not a ton of stuff yeah i guess the fablemans is in significantly more theaters avatars out yeah sure um, avatar that counts and also these movies are probably going to be re-releasing or expanding into theaters yeah the coming weeks so keep an eye out for them banshees might go back tar fableman's is probably going to pop over into some theaters um yeah we didn't really see anything uh how about the skin of marinka dinky dude we do that last week i no i don't think so why wouldn't we have i uh, did the timing not work out oh no we saw it on wednesday we saw it after we yeah, recorded yeah, yeah. 
I I'm gonna yeah. say Skinner and Kadinky do. Okay, yeah, that, that movie's phenomenal. It's really good. It's really good. It's very scary. Did yeah. you have trouble sleeping that night? I no, but I would have had I been alone. alone? Yeah, like me. I'm alone. I also, did, I, you, I you sleep with your bedroom door closed. I sure do. Which uh, would help. Doesn't have a lock, but I do. Yeah, but like the. The thing that's scary about Skinamarink is looking out into the dark and being like, "What's My going on out there?" Dark. I, I, I did. I, I've been watching Frasier and I've uh-huh. been turning the volume down as I fall asleep. And be like this is just beyond. Okay, but it is scary. It's like the perfect embodiment of your childhood nightmares of what scared you about the dark when you were sleeping. It's great. I'd go see it. Um, you know the music box did. You know they have the marquee inside the theater. Yeah, right by the concessions. They put all the letters for Skinamarink upside down. Oh, cool. All right, next week we have a special guest. We have Ahmad Oates returning for another edition of Getting Willy With It. Just when he thought he was out. Where we are going to be here. I hope you say that every time. We're going to be discussing Will Smith's new film, Emancipation, and we'll rank it amongst all his other films that we've watched, which have been all of them, all his major ones, and uh, his performance as well. So tune in for that. Um that's it. This has been What's in the Box Office. I have been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. Oscar nomin- Oscars are in like six weeks. Go watch all the movies. We'll see you next week. And until then, go see a movie.